1: with Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and
0: Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 89. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by GEICO. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick and Dave here with me. Amber's out today, but... We got Bucky Brooks joining us for the entire show from NFL, uh, NFL Network. We appreciate you joining us, Bucky. Good to have all you guys on the air uh, and have you guys here in studio. It's good when we can actually see each other and be able to talk face to face. We're gonna start off the show today talking a little bit of catching up on some injuries. Uh, I had a topic I wanted to hit with you guys. About Mike McCarthy's press conference it was an interesting question that came up there that I want to throw out to you guys uh, we'll have Bucky segment where he will uh, break down the New York Giants offense for us versus the Cowboys defense and then we'll have some other questions about this Cowboys defense let's start first with injury updates Dave give me a rundown we've got Zach Martin we've got Leighton Vander Esch Xavier Woods uh, and Zeke Elliott they're all injured players tell me where we are as far as status on them
3: zach martin's practice window has been opened but he is not going to practice today uh so do with that what you will the owner yesterday said he doesn't think it's likely that he plays on sunday and if jerry doesn't feel good about something on the injury front that's usually not a good sign but if 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 his practice window is open that does mean you know if the cowboys find their way into the playoffs um Zach might be available, maybe you know, for a wild card game or something like that. I'm going to pause you right there because I wanted to ask you guys, with a guy like
2: him that's so that's such a great player uh, in a game that you would think is so important, is this a situation where you would opt to play him even if he wasn't 100 percent, or do you think based upon where they are in the season, you don't take any chances unless you think he's 100 percent or at least close to 100 percent? You sit him. I'm
4: gonna start with you, Nick. No, I'm not playing him, and I only say this because of because i I can attest to this one. I really can. I well, I, you I, know, you, I'm yeah, serious. You can definitely, like yeah. like playing with a calf. And then being stupid and still doing stuff on it and not giving it proper rest, and now you're dealing with it a year and a half later. I don't want him to deal with anything later. So if this means if he's rushing back at Cavendry, not only could you linger some things there, but it could maybe lead to, like, Kevin Durant, right? I mean, he yeah. people think he had, like, a torn Achilles because of that. I'm not rushing him back for this game. If he's not 100%, uh, no. If it's, if it's the NFC Championship game or something bigger than that, We'll give it a few weeks. We'll talk about it later. Today. Well, yeah, but I mean, he should be back by then. But yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, not not for this game. If you can't beat the Giants without Zach Martin, then you know you're probably not going to do anything, anyways. Yeah.
3: We also know Zach Martin is much like Tyron Smith. Like he's a Bamf. Like he's a tough, tough guy. Like I remember. <laughs> <Okay>. I, <laughs> how you spell that? Take me a second. B A M F. Yeah. You can Google that if you're not on my if you're not on my wavelength. Um, bamf. bamf. Love it. But I I mean I remember a few years ago like. You know he he got tangled up at training camp and like they had to bring the cart out and it was one of those like oh my god they're gonna lose Zach for the season and like he was at practice the next day yeah. so if he can't go that it's not like well he's a, he's at ninety percent no it means he can't go because yeah. he'll gut through some stuff you know uh, so no I mean if, if it's a thing where they don't think he can play that means it's serious and he should sit and if it if it gets to the playoffs and he feels a little bit better I probably change my attitude but are, not for this what are your thoughts on that Bucky?
1: Well, I think they've been playing so well as a unit. I don't think you need to bring Zach Martin back unless he's 100% healthy. This, you know, Quintet has played pretty well. They've done a good job of moving people off the ball, protecting the quarterback. And so only in an emergency would I bring him back. Now the playoffs, it's a different story because if he's healthy and able to go, then obviously you want the more talented player on the front line. But because they played so well the last four or five weeks, I wouldn't change the chemistry and the continuity unless I know that Zach is going to be able to finish the game and finish the game playing really well.
4: All right, Bucky, I'm going to ask you this. Let's say that Zach is 100%. Is this he the question is, we had yesterday? He is going to play. <laughs> Where do you play him? And like, who is? That? You said the offensive lines figured it out, which is which is awesome. But who who would you play him for? Do you go back to his regular position and take McGovern out? Or do you put him at tackle? Who who, who is knocked out in that scenario?
1: My preference, I would prefer to put him back at right tackle if I could. I worry about, I think the weakest link on the offensive line is Terrence Steele. And so when we think about the teams that you would play, not only this game, but going forward, typically they have a pass rusher on that side that I want to deal with. I'm more confident in Zach Martin being able to seal the edges than Terrence Steele. All
2: right. Let's uh, let's go on with the rest of these guys that we got on the injury
3: report. You got Leighton Van Derish, Xavier Woods, and Zeke Elliott. What do we know about them, Dave? Leighton is not practicing today. Xavier Woods will be limited, which is a good sign. Zeke also limited. Kind of, you know, seems like they have Zeke on a maintenance plan, probably for however long they're going to keep playing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel optimistic he can play, but they'll probably be careful with him in practice. Also, a Banff, So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I want to talk about Mike McCarthy's press
2: conference this morning. There was a question that was asked to him, and I really don't want to focus too much on his answer because his answer was kind of it just it didn't really answer the question in my opinion. Mm. But I would like to pose the question to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I would like to pose the question to you guys. Um, One of the media people asked him, and I don't know who it was, but they asked, uh, "What is the identity of this team?" Um, and so I'm going to ask you guys, we're going to go around the room, what do you think is the identity of the team? And and by the way, you can also throw in, does it really matter? Because we've had this conversation before on this show about identities and does an identity really matter? Do, do you have to have an identity in order to be successful? Can you have lots of identities and be successful in the NFL? But I, I want to get your opinions on what you think the identity of this team is. Let's start with you, Nick.
4: Well... Uh, I'm just laughing because I I know exactly who asked and I know okay. exactly why because it, it, it stemmed from the Jalen Smith question or answer from the other day when he said that and he had a big detailed answer. Um, my I don't really know what the identity of a team is and I don't think honestly I don't think that I've the Cowboys have really had a real identity other than those couple years where they were running the ball real well, but. When you're eight and eight, I mean, what is your identity? When you're seven and nine, nine and seven, I mean, it's that that you're an inconsistent team. You don't do something so well that you can overcome it every week. So you're just inconsistent. If that's the identity, then that's what it is. But I, I don't really think there is one, other than the fact that I don't know what the hell this team's going to
3: do each week. That's yeah. what it is. So I don't have. It. No, I, I don't have an answer either. I don't blame McCarthy for not having a good answer because I don't have one. And, I, I mean, you know, you, you can point across the board, offense and defense, I don't think they have one. I mean, we've made jokes all season. Like, you know, you think about – I go to Brian Flores in Miami. Like, he comes from the New England school. He's like, we're going to have two great man corners. We're going to pressure the quarterback. Blah blah blah. Or, you know, Chris Richard, everybody that's tied to Pete Carroll's tree. Like we're gonna play cover three, we're gonna rally and tackle. Rod Marin, you know, I don't know what Mike Nolan like what's Mike Nolan hang his hat on? What does he do? You well, know, well
2: what were they trying to
3: do that defensively and it just didn't work because I they didn't have know. time to implement it, didn't have the players. But that will that was, but even like even before we knew how bad the defense was gonna be, it was kinda like, Well, what's the front? Like or how many how many down line like where what's DeMarcus Lawrence gonna do? what's the what's that look like? And like We never got great answers even before the season started, Um, and then I think you can even you can pull back and really take a macro look. And I honestly I think it's kind of troubling because this team probably needs to figure out what its identity is. Like you think about the Dak Prescott situation. Like you gonna pay him? Like do do you think that Dak Prescott is the key to your success or? Or is Zeke Elliott the "quote-unquote" straw that stirs the drink? That's a quote from ownership, by the way. Uh, you're paying him fifteen million dollars a year. Like, are are, are you like we got We got to get back to Smash Mouth, Ground and Pound. Zeke is the key to our success. Or is it like a uh, you know Seattle went through this recently? Let Russ cook like that took over the league in the early part of the season. Are you going to channel this team through Dak Prescott? What about the defense? You. You're, other than DeMarcus Lawrence, behind him, like, the most expensive parts of your defense are probably two linebackers. Jalen, who you paid, and Layton, who's a first-round pick. That says something to me. Like, we're going to be physical. We're going to stop the run. Our linebackers are going to fly all over the field. That really hasn't been happening. So your resources are invested in guys that aren't probably doing what you would prefer. So, like, that's, that is all stuff that I think they need to figure out because... I don't think they know what their identity is and they have a lot of resources invested in different guys where I, there's confusion about what what this team's key to success is. I feel like I'm rambling, but No, no, it's good. It's good. I think I mean I think that is a, a big thing to figure out in 2021 is like what do you what do you want this team to be and who are the guys that are going to get you there? Like is it Dak? Is it Zeke in the O-line, etc. Bucky
1: You know, it's funny that um, in listening to you guys talk about it, there doesn't seem to be a clear vision for who this team is and what they're about. And I would say that's a major problem. Because when we talk about some teams, you can close your eyes and know exactly what their team is like when they come into the building. You talk about Pittsburgh, you know they're going to be a hard-nosed physical football team that's going to get after you. You talk about Baltimore, they're going to be a ground-and-pound offense and a physical, aggressive defense. Even in thinking about Seattle, they are having the toughest time with letting Russ Cook because Pete Carroll's identity is we want to run the football and play great defense. When I think about the Cowboys, I don't know. And to me, that's a problem because great teams, great franchises – from the top down, ownership all the way down, you know exactly what the brand is. And in my mind, in the past, when the Cowboys have won successfully, it was about the ground and pound with Zeke, the offensive line, the defense running and playing hard and doing those things. Right now they're in transition, and I don't know if Mike McCarthy really knows what exactly he wants, and he needs to figure that out because it's hard to get players to buy into a vision that is not clearly articulated on a daily basis. And I think that has been part of the up and down nature of the team because they don't know what they're about. And I think that needs to be cleared up. And Jalen Smith's answer was really a long, mm. verbose answer that really said nothing to me when I, when I <laughs> looked at it.
4: You know, and that's, that's where that question came from today because Jalen said it the other day when I asked him just about about you know the win and all that and he said we have found our identity we got to keep focusing on that and then i asked him okay what is the team's identity he said the identity is an electric ass offense an offense that when they're rolling no one can stop them we got 3 to 4 to 5 guys you can throw the ball around multiple guys so he kind of rambles there then on, he says on defense it's about toughness it's about <clears throat> Stopping the run? Um, it's about getting <laughs> off the field on third down. we got guys that know how to rush the passer. We've got to give them opportunity, and that's up to me and the rest of the linebackers. We've got to continue to fight, man. The secondary's doing a hell of a job. they got a rhythm. they got a clear understanding. we just got to stay patient. There's one game left, so I don't know about that, but we've got to keep working on ourselves individually, and as a team, very thankful for our fan base for continuing to ride with us. Man, this guy... His, well, at, his attitude is just amazing what he, he gave loves you? the fans and they they don't <coughs> right. always love him what yeah. he gave you right at there all. was was
2: their mission statement like that's mission aspirational statement. that's what they want to be yeah. I don't know that they are that but yeah. that's what they want to be and, and to be honest <laughs> with you I think, in all fairness, that's like sitting on the locker room. Right, that's like like a (laughs) mission statement. This is what we want to be, right? (laughs) But but that's just not what they've been so far. And I will say this I, I give a little bit of deference to McCarthy and the coaching staff because I do think they went into this year with an idea of what they thought their identity would be. I, thought, I think they probably thought this offense was going to be a very dynamic offense that was going to put up a ton of points. I think defensively they wanted to be a multi-front defense that could morph based upon their opponent. And I think what they found out this year is on defense, either they don't have the right components or they didn't have the right amount of time in order to implement that and make themselves become that. Um, and I think on offense they lost their quarterback and so Which, yeah. they didn't get a chance to really realize what they expected their identity to be on either offense or defense.
3: I mean, at the end of the day, isn't an identity is just the thing that you feel really confident you can do no matter what, right? right? And they they lost the pieces that let them do that on offense. And we probably need a whole show to get into why the defense didn't achieve that either, but they they don't have that right now. Like neither side of the ball has a thing where it's yeah. like no matter what, the, the, we can do this. Yeah. They don't have that. Sorry, buck.
1: I, I do think I think, look, it it's a, it has to be very clear and concise who you are, like it it can't be that mission statement that Derek is alluding to that you guys are saying it can't be a seventy word quote that Jalen throws out. It has to be very clear because even with or without Dak, if you're a tough, hard nosed, physical football team, that has nothing to do with your personnel. That has everything to do with the mentality that everybody on the team has to have. And so if you talk about our guys are tough, hard-nosed, and competitive, then you should be able to see that regardless of how you have to play. You can be a tough team and still have to throw it around the yard because your players exhibit that. And so I think this is one where Jerry Jones, the personnel staff, the coaching staff, everybody has to get in the room and say, this is who we are. And the people that we bring into the organization, they need to have these traits. And then we'll figure out how we play, but this is who this team is.
2: Yeah. You know, it actually reminds me of Bill Parcells when he was here. I remember him talking a lot about the fact that he wanted tough and smart players. And he was like, it was it was very important to him to have smart players. And I've heard the same thing about New England. Like they're very they put a premium on smart players because what they ask them to do requires guys that aren't just like not, we're not just gonna tell you to line up and run to the ball like they're gonna be you're gonna have to be smart and you're gonna have to be able to adapt and so being having smart players is very important that that gets back to like do you know what your identity is do you know what kinds of players you typically bring in that help make your your program work and and I, I would assume I would assume knowing will McClay, I would assume he has that and he understands like what they're looking for and what they're trying to create. I just don't
4: know if it's translating on the field. That may be the the biggest problem here. Yeah, that's why you don't change coaches every two or three years. You know, people, sure. people. You have to build some uh, relationship between the coaching staff and the scouts. You know, I mean, because Will McClay can have what he wants the, this team to have, but if the coaches aren't going to coach them on there, you know, I thought mm-hmm. when, when I think about that, I think about Rod Marinelli and Anthony Hitchens, mm-hmm. because I remember Anthony Hitchens was considered a reach pick, fourth round, but. That's exactly the guy that that Marinelli wanted. A thumper, a guy that was smart player and he was agile and and but he could he could go and hit, tough, Big 10 linebacker. That's what he wanted. And and the other, you know, I just remember some of the media was like, "You could have got him in the 6th round." Well, I don't want him in the 6th round. I'm picking him right now. And he was a really good player. Yeah. And so I just think that's an example of you know who, what your coaching staff wants and that's why you need to they build they need to build chemistry that's why going to the senior bowl matters that's why going to the combine these coaches and and, and scouts need to kind of get together and really feel what each other is going to want when they go in and they try to pick
2: yeah when you mentioned continuity the, to me
1: the, hey, go ahead nick you say something you said something that really makes a lot of sense and without being there i can't really tell Is Mike McCarthy able to clearly articulate exactly what he wants from the players on his team? And can he tell Will McClay, here's the kind of guys that I want on my team? Derek, when you talk about Bill Parcells being able to say, I want smart, tough, physical football players, well, when you are able to define it like that, as a scout, I can go and get you those guys. But if the head coach is wavering in terms of what I want, it makes it very, very difficult to build a team that has a brand and an identity. And so some of this will be, Mike McCarthy has to stand up to everybody and say, here's what I want, this is the kind of guy I need, this is the team that we're going to be. And then Jerry Jones and everybody else has to say, okay, we're on board, this is the kind of organization and team that we're gonna have.
4: That's a very good point because it it reminds me of what I've heard scouts say about Jason Garrett. He never made up his mind. like. That happened a lot. Yeah, he would be like, oh, "I want this guy. I want this guy." And there's there's a funny story about you know him taking a running back one time when he was just like they wanted DeMarco Murray. They're going to take DeMarco Murray, 100% Murray. He's the guy. And all of a sudden, they gets the pick comes up, and then Jason starts wavering a little bit about Stephen Ridley from LSU. Like, yeah. do we take him? Do we not? And all of a sudden, and it's like. You know, they, they were pissing off everybody. It's like, this is the we've guy we already you know, talked, about, already this, talked yeah. about this. And I think that happened a lot. So I think what you're saying, Bucky, is, is important. It, it, that's the, the coaches really need to figure that out with their scouts. And, you know, they haven't had a lot of time with that either. Scouts aren't even in the building yeah, uh, all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, it goes back to what you said, Nick, about continuity. Like, I, I think if you look at the team in the NFL that represents this best, that you would think anybody that watches the NFL, you ask them this team and they'll tell you exactly what the team's identity is, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't think that's a coincidence that they've had the fewest number of coaches in the history of the NFL. Like they don't change coaches very often. And when they do, they still keep their identity identity for some reason. Like that defense for a long time had this one defensive coordinator who was really great yeah. and they did a certain thing. And when he left, that defense kept doing the same thing and doing it exactly at the same level of, of confidence. Yeah. Like they just know who they are and they continue being who they are over decades.
4: I think the job interview for the Steelers head coach is like behind a parking lot in a fight. And if you (laughs) win... If you win the fight, then you're the coach. <laughs> right. I think Bill Cowher could. could it's could a cage fight. match? Yeah. Like everybody you gets gotta, in the cage? you got to win. I don't know about Chuck Knoll, but I bet he could whip some ass back, back in the in day. His young I, days, I guarantee you, so. Mike
3: Tomlin can. Tomlin right, can. no doubt
4: about it. And, and I mean, I just don't want Bill Coward just look. I mean, he just was like, rush a quarterback. Every time I just think of that NFL films, and he's like, rush So you just have, you're right. They they have a.
2: They've done it well, the right way, yeah.
4: Do you think the city of Pittsburgh would want them either way if you, if you weren't that? No, yeah,
2: and it fits again, it also fits the city. Like everything about that just works. That's why the
4: rivalry in the 70s was so great because all over the world, not just Dallas and Pittsburgh, these are the two great teams in the 70s. Pick your team, wherever you are, you're living in Carolina, there's no team at the time. Pick a team. You know, do you want to be this type of team or do you want the glitzy
2: Dallas Cowboys? And it it was
1: all perfect. (laughs) It was all perfect. All right, we're going to take our first break. Go ahead. and, ahead, and, And so. No, I was going to say that. And so there is something to that, right? The Cowboys, in my mind, it's about the glitz and glam, the smart and the sophistication. So in my mind, the brand is that. It's smart, it's glitzy, it's sophisticated. And if you're not that, you can't understand it. And so it's how can I take that and articulate it in football terms? So that would be multiplicity. It would be smart players that can do a lot. Just think about those Tom Landry teams. It should never change. That's how the Cowboys should be in my mind
2: yeah. yeah yeah as we sit in our glitzy 100 million dollar building Yeah. Here at the
1: star exactly. like that's just what it is that's the brand
2: and but I but my question I think the, the bigger part to that is is that what the football team is because in the 90s they got away with doing that they kicked your butt on the field. But then they come off the field put on their minks. Like it was, it was, they had the whole thing working. Yeah. And and I don't know that it I don't know that they've doing that now. Like they got some guys that love to wear the minks now. I don't know if they're kicking your butt on the field. That's the problem. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna have Bucky talk a little bit about this uh, New York Giants offense versus the Cowboys defense. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: There's nothing as unique as our eyes Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team.
3: Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day...
4: Are you craving the AT&T Stadium's famous Cowboys cheesesteak, nachos, or Cowboy Rita? Yep, yep. You are? Okay. Well, when you're watching the Cowboys at home this Sunday, bring your favorite stadium food to you. Mm. Place your order online for pickup at AT AT&T Stadium every week this season. Check out out the menu at attstadium.com slash at home.
2: Okay, Dave. Got a question for you. Okay. Uh, this will be the final week that we will be doing the game. We will be watching the game from here at the star. This year on road games, we yes. are at the star. We're not at the. Uh, we don't travel the games. And Nick's the only one blessed enough to be able to do that. Mm. That being said, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a blessing. Well, I'm just here. saying. Like, hey. That being said, just, it first is world problem. Yeah. That, yeah. that being Good said, point. we always get food. Yes. We bring food to the star for everyone to eat. Should we this week use food from the stadium? Bring it out to the star? And make that
3: our food. Yes. Okay, good. Perfect. What, That's what a we're doing. wonderful idea. Awesome. Rocks, get on that. Can we get the Cowboy Rita delivered? Or do we have, like... You
2: know, it's the final game. It's the final game. Let's go.
3: Let's party. Yes, Why let's don't go. y'all go to the stadium
4: and watch it on the big board the way the no. radio team does? That's no.
3: actually That's, it's Derek, a long drive. I mean, it's not a long drive for me. Wait, I say, drive.
4: You, you're talking about a long drive, but you, you want your food coming from there. They'll bring it.
2: Here. They'll be fine. Yeah. No, it's right. an hour drive. I don't want to do an hour drive. It's We're good. But it's you want your nachos
4: going an hour. <laughs>
2: Yeah. We'll make it work. Okay,
4: okay. We'll make
3: it work. Sounds All right. good. All I right, think Bucky. that's a good idea.
2: We got Bucky Brooks joining us. He is from NFL Network, and uh, this segment is presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, let's start first where we normally start. What is the greatest strength and weakness of this New York offense, and particularly hone in on things that may have changed since the last time the Cowboys played them?
1: Uh, I would say the biggest thing that has changed has been the emergence of Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman has kind of given them an run in the backfield he has been uh creative and dynamic at certain points he has shown some toughness when they've given him an opportunity to grind it out and so that has been the biggest thing now of late they haven't been able to score many points they're still kind of struggling a little bit when it comes to the passing game daniel jones is up and down um some of it has been due to injury some of it is just part of his maturation as a quarterback And then they've had to deal with injuries. So you've seen Colt McCoy in the lineup. You've seen Daniel Jones in the lineup. And so they just haven't had the consistency and continuity at quarterback. And that has impacted the way that they're able to move the ball. But they still have some good players. Darius Slayton is still someone that you have to pay attention to. But really, it's about Wayne Gallman. It's about Darius Slayton. And then uh, contributions from other guys. But it's a very inconsistent offense.
3: Bucky, I you know, they the Cowboys actually ironically did a pretty good job with Jalen Hurts' his running ability, but I think we would all agree that a running quarterback could be problematic for this team. We saw Lamar Jackson give them fits. Uh, Daniel Jones' his injuries have all been leg related. I think he has an ankle and a hamstring. And I'm just curious does will does he have his mobility? Like, can, I mean, you know, he's deceptively athletic. He had that 80 yard run against Philly earlier in the season. Um, I mean, does he have that part of his game at this point with the injuries that he's been dealing with?
1: I mean... he still can move around, but he's limited, right? He had the hamstring, then he's had some lower leg injuries that have prevented him from being as dynamic as he was earlier in the season, but he's still someone that you have to pay attention to. He still has the ability on occasion to pull the ball on his own read uh, to make you defend all 11 on the field, and so you have to be mindful of that. You still have to be very disciplined when it comes to defending those plays, but he's certainly not uh, the Lamar Jackson type. He's not uh, Jalen Hurts in terms of what um, you come in thinking about spying and doing those things but yeah you have to be aware of him and him pulling the ball out the backfield and also because of the nature of this game the winner go home nature of the game You have to be prepared for anything, and I think if you're the Giants and you've been struggling uh, putting points on the board, I think this is when Jason Garrett has to dig deep into his bag of tricks and utilize every possible concept that he can use to see if he can put some points on the board. So I would be prepared for Daniel Jones to be mobile and active on the perimeter.
4: Still pissed off that he ran a flea flicker. And he didn't do it for 10 years
3: while he was here. I hope he does it Sunday just for you. I was going to piss you off. I was about (laughs) to say, like, does Jason Garrett have a bag of tricks? Like, is that a thing? (laughs) Is
4: that a thing that he does? It might be this week. I think think Jason Garrett, like, outside of the box, is putting Jordan Lewis on, like, a fly sweep. You know, putting him on. (laughs) That's
3: my point. Yeah, like, Jason Garrett's like, we got to dig deep, guys. We're going to do an end around. Like, that's okay. Thanks, Jason. (laughs) We're going to go hard count. Um... uh, my question to you, Bucky,
4: is is Evan Ingram the Jalen Smith of the Giants? The guy that you're like great talent, you think you think he's gonna do this, one minute he does this, it. and then he's just like, kind of a head scratching. Like what what is he? Like is he is he good? That, that's that's what I'm asking. Is he good? I know he's going to the Pro Bowl, but is he good?
1: I would say I would say he's talented, but I don't know if they've really figured out the key to unlocking What he could be at the next level And I think really getting a tight end Loose and making him productive uh, Is a challenge and it takes a creative Play call to do it when you look at Travis Kelsey You look at Darren Waller their play callers do great things by play design To make sure that they get those matchups I don't know if uh, Jason Garrett Has done a good enough job of Trying to create those opportunities for Evan Ingram in terms of on his play sheet saying, I have 10 different plays that are designed specifically to get him the rock. I don't know if he operates like that. Now, that's it. Who knows? One game scenario, he may look at the matchups and say, I like – Evan Ingram on Jalen Smith or uh, the safety dropping down Donovan Wilson and let's see if we can find a way to get them open. It just hasn't happened to this point and some of that is on play callers, some of that is on Evan Ingram not cashing in on certain opportunities, and some of that is the quarterback not being able to get the ball to him consistently.
2: All right, Bucky, let's talk a little bit about this uh, New York Giant run offense. Uh, they ran the ball really well while they were on their four-game win streak uh, versus teams with weaker rush defenses, as you would probably call the Cowboys. They averaged 162 yards per game and at the 190-yard rushing day against Seattle. How susceptible, based on what you've seen from Dallas's defense over the last several weeks, where it seems like they've been at least marginally better, against the run. Uh, how susceptible are or is Dallas uh, to getting gashed by the run game from uh, from New York?
1: Well, I think if you go back to the first game, I think I sat here and talked about, oh, they don't have any weapons, I don't know how they can move the ball. And then we looked at a game, Devontae Freeman was running up and down the field. And so I think the first thing the Giants are going to do is they're going to test them with the old game plan and see if the Cowboys have answered the problems that – Presented themselves in that game And then they're going to look at some of the success That the Washington football team had Some of the success that the Baltimore Ravens have had And they're going to try within the framework Of their offense to see If the Cowboys have resolved those issues And if they hadn't They they will get a steady dose of those kinds of plays Now if Dallas is able to stop the run Early in the game The first and second quarter Well then the Giants will move on and try and do something else And try and find another way to move the ball down the field But I do believe this is going to be a game where the Giants really test them with the running game and I think Joe judge is going to implore Dave Jason Garrett to be disciplined and patient with the run game and see if they can wear them down as long as their defense can keep the Cowboys offense under control
2: yeah real quick as a follow-up question you saw last week against the Eagles uh, they put up 150 yards on the ground my personal belief is that the Eagles Abandoned the run too early Like they were having success Mm -hmm. And in the second half They didn't do it as much Is that how you saw it Or do you think the Dallas defense Gave them reason to abandon it Because they felt like At some point They couldn't really run As effectively
1: No, I think Doug Peterson uh, just got bored with the running game and decided he wanted to throw it all over the yard. Uh, The running game was very effective. Miles Sanders was having success. Jalen Hurts was having success. And so it comes down to are you patient enough to continue to test the Cowboys' run defense over time? And if Jason Garrett and Joe Judge are smart, that's what they would do. Because I think in this game for the Giants, they just want to get this game into the fourth quarter and see if the Cowboys will unravel on defense and also offensively, because we've seen that happen during the middle of the season. We've seen that happen at times. And so if I'm Jason Garrett, I want to call a very conservative game as long as their (laughs) defense is holding up to see if we can get it in the fourth (laughs) quarter. And then let's just make it a 15-minute battle and see if the turnovers and, and the mistakes will show up under pressure when it's, really the biggest game of the year. Yeah, I think Jason can probably handle that for you. I for
3: think Bucky just described sure. like, the Jason Garrett era. like <laughs> let's get let's play conservative and get this into the fourth quarter. Yeah, no that's what he that's, does. He's yeah. good at that. Yeah. Um wait are, I mean we're talking so much <laughs> it, it's true. We're talking so much about this run game and it makes me wonder, I mean, you know, the Giants offensive line has been viewed as a weak spot for years at this point. And you know, they famously, you know, they fired Mark Colombo a month or two ago, you know, who knows what actually happened there, but I mean has has that sparked him? Is Andrew Thomas playing like a top 5 pick all of a sudden? Where where is this coming from that they have the, the offensive line to be able to to grind things out on the ground like this?
1: I mean, like they've been very inconsistent. And what you had, and the bigger issue that you had with the Giants, you had two differing philosophies. You had Joe Judge, who was coming from the New England Patriots uh, system, and how they blocked things and how they answered certain problems that would come up in pass protection and in the running game. And then you had Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo, who had a different view on those things. And sometimes things would get lost in translation when it came to communication, how you want to handle things, and some of the techniques that were taught. Um, They've cleaned it up, they've been a little more detailed Um, And they've had some success running it because they really didn't have a choice with who they had at quarterback. So they just stubbornly kept running it and had a little level of success. And so that's been the bigger thing. I can't sit here and say that the Giants have all of a sudden mashing folks and moving people off the ball. It's just that in the games that they were very successful, they either popped a big run early or they were very, very disciplined and committed to running the football. And so a lot of it will be determined on how are the Cowboys geared up and ready to play? So when Jalen Smith talks about being tough and physical in those things, well, if the Cowboys are on their P's and Q's, then this will be the most physical game because they know. The only way the Giants can really manufacture points is if they're able to run the ball and dictate the terms that way. Well, they got to make the top priority to stop the run and dare Daniel Jones to beat them on the rock.
4: All right, Becky, I'm tired of the Giants' offense. I can't do it anymore. They scored eight points a game the last three weeks. <laughs> I don't have any other questions for you. I'm going to go to their defense, uh, Cowboys' defense. And you said in your, in your story that's coming out on, maybe on the website now, five bucks, you think J- uh, Randy Gregory could be a star in the making. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because when I look at Randy Gregory, and I'm going to say this, like everyone was very excited about Alden Smith and what Alden Smith did early. Randy Gregory has surpassed Alden Smith in terms of his disruption in play. The first thing that stands out from Randy Gregory is when he is on the field, he is going 100 miles an hour sideline to sideline. His effort and energy, in my estimation, is infectious. I think it makes a difference because he's disruptive. And even though they have him on what I would consider a limited pitch count, you look at what he's been able to do, 12 quarterback hits, three forced fumbles, three and a half sacks, and limited action. He is coming on like gangbusters. And he has been the compliment that they desperately needed opposite of DeMarcus Lawrence. And so when I look at what the Cowboys could be presenting, not only this year, but next year, signing him, signing him to the extension was smart. Because I think they're going to have to make a decision with Alden Smith on whether they want to pay to retain him. I think if it gets out of their price range, I think they very easily could stick with Randy Gregory, provided he is continuing to do all the things off the field and say, hey, we're good. We don't have to reach in the draft to get a pass rusher. We don't have to overpay for someone that we still may be iffy on. Randy Gregory can be the player that we thought he was going to be when we took him from Nebraska. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk
2: a little bit about this Dallas defense and some specific things that happened in the last game and how it may translate into this next upcoming game against the Giants. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: That's sweeping airwaves and taste buds It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda Let's take a listen
2: Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here A new combo that's music to my ears Okay, let's play Cream Soda and Dr.
3: Pepper time Pour it in a glass of
1: ice Ah, music to my ears and mouth New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda
0: A delicious duet
4: It sounds like CD Lamb jerseys are actually going off the, the sales rack here at the Pro Shop. That's what we heard uh, yesterday. So oh, make yeah. sure that you get a CD Lamb jersey or any jersey, your favorite player from the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop. They got Christmas deals up to 50% off for every fan. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop at dallascowboys.com for your new gear today.
2: If I had to choose a player jersey right now, I would buy. I'm buying Gallup. I'm all in
3: on Gallup. I'm Ooh, like, that's risky, man. I don't care, man. I like. When I just you, like. It. I always tell people, I'm like, I wouldn't buy a jersey until the guy had a six year contract, or or if he
2: just got well, drafted. That, that's also assuming that you want to wear the thing for the next twenty
3: years. Like, I don't care about that. I would just be buying I'll, it for now. Right? Okay, money bags. Like, no, if I'm you're trying to, if I'm spending a hundred plus on a jersey, I want to know the guy's going to be on the team I'll, for I'll at least you how, two years. I'll say how bad it is this
2: year. For uh, I think it was like. Thanksgiving or something, I pulled down a jersey, brand new jersey for my son. Took the tags off. It was Demarcus Ware I don't care. Like
3: that's like well, why not? Let's go. Demarcus is you know? a Ring of Honor kind of guy. I mean, <laughs> True. That's, that's True. different True. That's but different. still,
2: like I mean, if he's your guy, he's your guy, and I don't care where he goes, where he plays, or if he's still playing. If he's your guy, so he's I really. Your guy.
4: I went the other day, and there's a, on the clearance rack. Uh, they had a bunch of jerseys, you know, a lot yeah. of good former players and stuff, and they saw Marion Barber. No, they had like a, like a forty, Beasley, and I was like, oh, game worn. No, sorry. Oh, he's yeah, doing big
2: things though, man. No, he's, I, I, he's, got, I, I got I got a lot of love. Now. He's he's doing his thing up there in, in Buffalo. You know,
4: he he actually said, boy, what, what's going on in Buffalo? The camaraderie and all this is. Nothing like what we had in Dallas, and then we were like, "All right, cool." They all say that. Yeah. Sounds like it's true, though. Yeah. It sounds like you know they're building something really great over there, and these, yeah. you know, they figured out a good way to use him too. And not that Dallas didn't. It's just that. They've, they've figured it out.
2: It kind of works, I think, for his personality, too. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants all the extra, extra yeah. stuff. And yeah. and here in Dallas, as we talked about earlier. There's a rap album. It, well, that's we use that term loosely. But it, <laughs> like, you, you just got to, you know, in Dallas, you got to embrace all the extra attention. You got to love the extra. That's why Des works in Dallas. Yeah. It's because you got to love the extra attention because that's what Dallas is. I, it's going to bring a lot of extra attention. I, I, I
4: believe that Des actually hurt uh, Beasley. I really do. I agree with that. Because yeah. Dez couldn't play in the slot and Beasley has to play in the slot. Yeah. And because Dez was, you know, like you need a guy that can play on the outside and you know exactly where be- but when when Dez, Dez, couldn't be that guy all yeah. the time and Beasley couldn't be on the outside. I don't think they were great together for
3: that. I will t- it's we talked about yeah. that at the start of the week. It's just funny. I and mean, we don't we don't 100% know what we have in CD. I mean like Nick's the only one that's met him. He definitely <laughs> mean, yeah. yeah, in face to face for sure. Um that's good. But that's weird. It, like CD's got some of that to him. Like CD's, you can oh, yeah. tell. But Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper are not that, and right. they're like stars for the Dallas Cowboys. They are not the. They're not glitzy. I mean, you I know, actually think they actually like don't want all that. Extra I, was, I mean, Amari loves to stunt with his like u- like outfits and stuff. You know, like he definitely has a taste for high fashion, but. He is not Des Bryant in terms of just like wanting the spotlight on <laughs> him at all times. Yeah. <laughs> all
2: right. Real quick before we end the show, I did want to talk a little bit about this Dallas defense. I had a question for you guys. In the first meeting, Dallas' defense allowed the second fewest yards of any game this season. That was 300. They had 200 yards that they allowed in the passing game, 89 in the rushing game. Why was Dallas' defense so relatively successful against the Giants offense in their first meeting? And can they replay, replicate that success? Let's start first with you, Bucky.
1: Uh, The Giants didn't have a lot of weapons, and so I think they're easier to defend, but they're not a a high-powered unit. When you look at their wide receiver court, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, they don't really have anybody that scares you. And so I think it's easier to tighten down and take chances to make sure that you can stop the run when you don't have anyone that is someone in meetings that you have to stand up and say, hey, this guy can really hurt us. And so I just think it's the lack of talent that they have that enabled the Cowboys to really corral that, that offense.
3: Dave? Yeah, I mean, they don't have Saquon. Uh, we, you know, their offensive line has been inconsistent all year. Evan Ingram, sh- Evan Ingram. We should be talking about him as like that guy just kills the Cowboys. You know, like he should be, but he's not yeah. for whatever reason. He doesn't really kill anybody. I yeah, guess. no, it, yeah, he's yeah. Um, which that, that's it's a different conversation, but it makes you wonder about Kyle Pitts, who is the guy that we talk a lot about is like maybe fitting into the Cowboys draft slot, like drafting a guy like that in the first round is a risky proposition. Um, Anyway, so Evan Ingram's not that guy. They don't have Saquon lines. Like they just don't have anybody that scares you. Uh, And it's not completely their fault because of injuries. Um, But it does. That's why I asked about the offensive line because between Gallman and if the offensive line can play well enough that they can run, I think that changes things because I mean, we've, you know, If you can run the ball against the Cowboys, you have a good chance to win. And he has been better. I think he is
2: better now than he was early in the season when the Cowboys faced him. Nick? Well,
4: I I don't know if I understand the question because I thought the Giants did move the ball well. I think you're just comparing it to the other teams. Yeah, and that's why I said relative success.
3: I believe the Giants scored like two defensive touchdowns in that first game too, right? Did I mean, I know they picked they like they picked off they picked six stack. I know yeah, that. Yeah. And I think they scored another defensive touch. Or or maybe they got themselves to the they goal had to pick line. Six? Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was like it was like a ricochet off of somebody's hands. I think. Oh, here yeah. you talk. And oh I'll yeah look yeah, it up. yeah yeah I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah the the linebacker. And again, this is all relative. They gave up 300 yards of offense. Like that's not a huge day, and, and the Cowboys have been giving up yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. The Cowboys. So relatively, it's it was one of their better games as far as the yards that they were giving that's up true. both in, on the ground and in the air.
4: Yeah. I just. I think they said it best. The Giants just don't have anyone. The Cowboys had a couple of turnovers. One of them was a fumble down there by Andy Dalton too, that yeah. they scored, and then yeah, the, I do remember that. You're right. Playmaker. So
3: not two defensive, not two defensive touchdowns, um, but they had one that set them up like yeah. right there inside the. And you know, then the Cowboys line. were able to match that one with Anthony Brown. So. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't
4: if it wasn't for Cam Fleming, who who was not set right. They had a fake field goal touchdown, True, yeah, to Evan Ingram, yeah. Um, and you know, so th- that game could have been could have been different there. I think I think Bucky said that the winner go home. You know, mentality. It's just you pull out all the stops and see what you've got. You know, I mean, Kellen Moore needs to dip in his bag too and see see what he's got. You yeah. know, I mean. And we have seen some. We we forget about it, but the first play of the game from the Cowboys, I had never seen that play before. Had you? Which one? Everybody rolls right and throws it way back to Amari Cooper. Oh no, yeah, I hadn't seen that
3: play. That's Kellen Moore has a bag. Sometimes yeah, like, like he's gone a little too deep into it at times this I, year. I probably mind it, though. no, I don't. I don't, yes. mind it I don't either. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, Bucky does. Bucky's like, "What the hell are you doing? You have a yeah, fifth some, string sometimes. offensive line." Well, when they sometimes, get I first and goal at the, the keep five, but, but McArthur needs to be <laughs> yeah,
4: like, "Kelly, yeah, let me have the bag. Let me have the
3: bag. I'll <laughs> Give take
4: your the bag. Yeah, yeah. Put yeah, your yeah. bags down. Just, 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 run it in. Run the ball to see. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm telling you, Antoine not do I know he's hurt, but. They need that. They need a big fullback, and they need to play Antoine Woods, Gallimore. Gallimore's quick. Somebody like that. They need that guy Can't, on offense.
3: I, his name's Blake Bell, and I know. Yes. We, we got to see. We got to see the cool little sneak, which is taking the league yep. by storm now. By Everybody's the way. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys weren't the first ones to do it, right. but. Um, just like until Dak is healthy, like he would be my goal line guy. Like you're not stopping him from getting you're half not. a yard. You're not going to do it. You're not. He, I don't. And he's the dude played quarterback a lot. Like it's not like he did this. Like he play, Like he started for OU for at least mm-hmm. a year, if not yeah. like two. Like he can take a snap. Yeah. Give him the ball. And here's what I'd love to see happen.
2: What I would love to see happen is, and this is what I don't think the Cowboys do a good job of, is take something and build off of it. So the Blake Bell play where they have him line up at the center. Like now. Have him come back and instead of faking it, I mean instead of uh, trying to do a sneak, throw the ball over the top. Because the defense is going to see him stop there. They're going to all come. There's going to be somebody open. Throw it over that's the top to a tight end. And here we go. Like Tim, I just want him to build specialty. off of you things. Know the, like
4: build off of things. You know where you see the tight end go in motion, yeah. just like laterally go in motion in front of the quarterback? As soon as he gets in front of the quarterback, snap it to him. Yeah. Let him catch it. There are things you can do with this, and Blake Bell is uniquely positioned to be able to do it. I hope Kellen's listening.
2: We got plays. He
3: definitely is. We he, gave
2: him more of a bag. He's not. As Bucky's <laughs> sitting here like, stop it. We don't need more he's of a like, bag. just give Kellen. it to Zeke. This shouldn't be
3: that complicated.
2: <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk more about this Giants team. We'll talk about their defense tomorrow versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Bucky Brooks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow here live from the break on DallasCowboys.com radio.